Hello and welcome to that Cthulhu John recap episode. We are a real play Call of Cthulhu podcast. I am George, the Keeper of Arcane Lore, and with me are my friends, Chad. Welcome to die. I mean, welcome to the show, guys. Chuck. Hey there, uh, everybody. And Jetty. Hi. <laughs> All right, so guys, this is a recap episode. We're going to talk about everything that happened in the first chapter of our uh, story here. Well, let's start off by introducing the players and their characters. Uh, let's start off with Chad. Chad, your character is Walter Pendergast. It's true. Can you describe Walter a little bit? Yeah, I guess uh, he's a tiny little guy in stature uh, with his 20 points into strength and uh, 40 points into dexterity, 40 into appearance. You know, he's not the most physical uh, of individuals, but uh, he loves his books and his uh, gray hair is shown through. Spectacles are often polished ready to help him read his favorite books. Walter's kind of an older nerd kind of character. Definitely. Yeah, but that's where his strengths lie or in his uh, knowledge and uh, experience. A firm believer that many answers can be found in books. Just need to know where to look. Right. Speaking of believers, what, what does Walter believe about the otherworldly, at least at the beginning of our journey here? Uh, in the beginning, I would say I would, uh, you know, kind of compare him to just a regular everyday kind of person who, you know, lives in the material world and goes to work and pays their taxes and doesn't really think too much, uh, might step around the ladder if there's somebody, you know, working on the street as opposed to walking under it. Probably doesn't really think too much about a broken mirror or, you know, spilling salt or anything, but that sure changed quickly. Well, walking under ladders is dangerous, and no one should do it anyway. No. <laughs> not once, not never. It's bad luck, too. Ladders. Where would we be without them? Not higher up. Not in the gold club. <laughs> or room. Space. Boy, I, I said that a lot of times wrong, didn't I? <laughs> I wasn't sure if it was on purpose or not. It wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so next up, we got Chuck, and your character is Lenny Cobb. Hey, that's my name, man. Don't worry about that. Chuck, you did a great job just kind of staying in character the whole time, every time you uh, talked as Lenny. Uh, Agreed. Yeah, got to compliment you on that. Well, thanks. But um, Lenny, let's talk about Lenny a little bit. Lenny's kind of connected, right? I guess so. I mean, you know, I don't know how well yet. You know, you hear a lot of talk, but... Some of the uh, secretaries aren't impressed. <laughs> kind of nervous about it the whole time. I don't know why I thought that was a good idea. <laughs> but uh, he's been known to in involve himself in certain activities that the uh, mafia may want him to do, such as smuggling on his trade routes. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, he prefers it that way. You don't got to deal with no people, just product. And all you got to do is move it, hide it. So he's not the most personable of people in general. Not, not really. No, I don't think he goes out of his way to converse and be around others. Right. And uh, you started the game off with Lenny having a very low pal score, which means that his sanity was also pretty low. Yeah. Um, 
his luck and sanity started out pretty low. Um, I kind of thought maybe he had seen some stuff, and having played this Call of Cthulhu once before, um, I don't know, almost it's like a wild card uh, type of character. I, I didn't think he would last this long, honestly. I gotcha. Hmm. But you've kind of had a, a, a mechanism for dealing with Lenny's experience with the otherworldly, and that would be that he just doesn't believe any of it. No, I wanted to avoid being a believer as long as I could. Um, honestly, you know, maybe he's seen some things, but this one thing, I mean, what are the odds of there being like other horrifying creatures out there or, you know, wacky witchcraft or what have you? <laughs> what are the odds indeed? Um, <laughs> wacky witchcraft. Like... As he might call it that, I wouldn't. <laughs> And then we also have uh, Jenny and her character, Heather Snakehole. Yep. <laughs> Heather is a bartender at a place that has become almost a character in and of itself uh, on this show. Uh, that would be the Fireside Tavern. Um, Fireside Tavern is a dive bar. So Heather doesn't make a whole lot of money working there, but just enough to get by. How would you describe Heather there, Jenny? She's like, you know, youngish. She's like cute but for where she works she's like hot like she would never be considered i don't know she'd be it's like a cutie pie she's like a little naive yeah but secretly kind of smart loves her horror scopes loves them mm. yes speaking of which she's really really into horoscopes psychics that kind of stuff right superstitions all of it she's in often them it was an accident. Heather was one of the first ones. Yeah. <laughs> Heather was one of the first ones to kind of embrace the otherworldly uh, in this campaign. Mostly because I think uh, she believes in things that are not just materialistic uh, of this earth. Didn't hurt that she saw the creature in the gallery, too, whereas some of us did not. Yeah. I think that kind of set the pace. Walter's been walking through a lot of this game like Mr. Magoo, uh, just kind of not av not actively avoiding things, but just not noticing them. It's all in the rolls. It is. You called it Magooing, like <laughs> in the last episode. Yeah, I think uh, he's probably not somebody who would catch on to the the inner workings of that journal and what it what you were kind of implying on the phone. It took him a little bit to get there. All right, so guys, our story kind of centers around this one character, this one NPC named Mildred Thebley. And uh, Millie, it happens to be Walter's kind of love interest, and is also Heather Snakehole's godmother, who she refers to as Aunt Millie. Not anymore. Love interest or obsession? Well, we'll get to that in a little bit. <laughs> but uh, Heather, of course, is a bartender at the Fireside Tavern. Lenny is a regular there. I go there. Also a regular there with Lenny, and uh, his buddy is Tommy Slick. Tommy Slick is also a uh, mafia-tied character. Well, he was. Right. So, Millie uh, eventually goes to Walter and asks him about a statue that she received. A very disturbing piece of artwork by an artist named Mikhail Jakanovich. And what does the artwork look like? Like a man eating his own head? Like a man eating his own head. <laughs> Very abstract, right up my alley. 
Which is so easy to picture. <laughs> but Millie asked Walter out on a date to shave a vez, if I'm pronouncing that right. Probably not. Millie also tells Heather about the date and the statue, too. So what happens behind the scenes, kind of what happened within the story that you guys weren't aware of? Uh, that afternoon, uh, Millie takes the statue to the Ventucci Art Gallery to get the statue appraised to see if it's worth any money. And the curator of the art gallery, Vanessa Bellagrosso, is also mob-tied. So she contacts Chucky Merlino, who is Lenny's uh, mob boss, the uh, capo, so to speak, that Lenny works under. Chucky Merlino is the one who's going to want the statue or want the money from the sale of the statue. So what happens is Tommy Slick and another mob guy, little Nicky, go to Millie's house. They have a struggle with her and shoot her in the head. That gets blood on the statue. Now the statue is no ordinary statue. It has a magical component to it, a dark magic component to it that had a protection spell on it. However, getting blood on the statue broke the protection spell that was on the statue and the dying Millie on the floor suddenly turned into a monster, a child of the Windwalker. She then uh, proceeded to eat little Nicky. So that's where he went. <laughs> Tommy Slick got away with the statue, but uh, he has gone completely crazy from what he has seen. And he gets committed to Byberry Mental Institution. Millie, on the other hand, after this, just kind of goes off in the wilderness for a while. And uh, you don't see her for a minute. The next day is the date that Walter was supposed to have with Millie. Walter goes to Chevevez, and it looks like he stood up. Walter works at a bookstore that Millie frequents. Walter got Millie's address from the bookstore records, and he goes to her house where he finds the scene of just blood on the table and floor, and Millie is missing. He then calls the police. Then we get to Detective Luke Thompson. What a piece of yellow glasses when he up, shit. I, just, I pictured Horatio from that one cop show. Every time he takes them off, somebody's screaming in the background. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's awesome. So Luke Thompson dresses kind of 70s style. Not the most stylish person, but he is happens to have ties to the mafia, which no one knew at the time. So he didn't seem to help much on the investigation on the disappearance of Millie. Even though the case was practically handed to him. Yeah. Fucking son of a bitch. Yeah. He could have saved lives. <laughs> Easily. Shady. At Millie's house, at the scene, Heather gets there, and uh, Walter is already there since he's found the blood and everything. Heather gets to the scene and thinks that Walter is the one who is responsible for Millie's disappearance. There was a kind of a back and forth there. I forgot. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's great. That's him. That's the guy. Arrest him. What? Yeah. what? She was not the biggest fan of Walter at first. Oh, now we're like BFFs. So Walter takes some time to kind of look into what this statue is. And he looks into the artist, uh, Mikhail Jakanovich 
and learns that Jakanovich was imprisoned in the Russian gulag system in 1940. Later on, we get to Lenny and his boss, Chucky Merlino, who's, I guess, typical mob boss kind of guy. I kind of like him. I, I like him a lot more than his son. He's pretty nice overall. He likes me. That helps. Mm-hmm. I like him too. <laughs> he's a uh, he's a benevolent uh, boss, is he not? Yeah, he's all right. <laughs> he's his thing. I don't want to cross him, but... No. But Chucky tells Lenny to go and kill Tommy Slick, who has gone insane is in Byberry Mental Institution. Sorry, guy. But he doesn't want Tommy blabbing any mafia secrets, so he tells Lenny to go and off him. And uh, Lenny follows through with that. I'm a good soldier, I guess. How did Lenny feel about having to kill his buddy? I mean, I guess Tommy wasn't his best friend or anything. I mean, you know, I worked with him. He hung out at the bar, hung out at, and, you know, it made for convenience, I suppose. Um, I guess it was the closest thing to a friend he did have. It fucked him up a little bit, I think. But um, ultimately, it's better than getting killed yourself and then seeing him like that in the hospital. I mean, maybe it was better to put him down. Because he did seem like wow. he was going to blab. And he probably knew about me, too. So I ain't going That's down for, for no Tommy Slick or nobody. Yeah, cold-blooded. Oh. Especially given everything he said was true. Yeah, he didn't really seem to have any qualms about doing it. Why would I believe him, though? Yeah, that's true. You had no idea at the time. Came alive, Lenny. And it had claws. <laughs> the cold. After Lenny kills Tommy Slick, Skinny Joey, who is Chucky Merlino's son. The worst. The worst. Oh, my God. Kind of a pushy little prick. Oh. You don't see many guys with daddy issues, but he's got oh. Dad, just saying daddy, oh, his voice, everything about him. <laughs> so Skinny Joey tells Lenny, hey, you're going to make a special delivery. You make the special delivery, I'm going to fire one right off the side of your fucking head. Yeah, he's a great character. Such a Fredo. I don't like him, but he's, he's a good character. <laughs> so Skinny Joey tells Lenny to pick up a special delivery that Tommy Slick was supposed to pick up. When he gets to the special delivery, it turns out to be the stolen statue. Heather goes to Detective Thompson to see if there's any news on Millie's disappearance, and that's when she gets a good psychology role and learns that Thompson is lying Mm. about not knowing about the statue or possibly Millie's disappearance. She just doesn't know exactly what he's lying about, but she knows that he isn't telling the truth. Sneaky snake. In the meantime... Lenny goes to pick up the special delivery for the Ventucci Art Gallery early. Uh, He actually winds up breaking into the warehouse where it's stored. I felt like I was getting set up, so I wanted to get it done and uh, be done with it and not hang on to it or be involved with it for too long. I was wondering why you went went to go pick it up so early. Yeah, Yeah, that's some fun insight. Um, Wait, what did you think you were getting set up for? I don't know, but I, I know that my buddy like just went nuts. Another guy went missing, um, and the guy that went missing was, I think, the one that was supposed to deliver it originally. Oh, um, okay. And I just felt weird, so um, I kind of just wanted to take it when nobody would have expected that and then get it taken care All of, right. you know, instead of waiting around to get caught. Yeah, it's kind of the same reason Walter was happy to get rid of it. Yeah, fuck that head. 
when you do go to drop off this statue at the uh, art gallery, Vanessa Bellagrosa is not happy at all that you're dropping the statue off early because it's not insured yet. Yeah, but I made it happen. Persuaded her eventually. Half of it was just ignoring her and just wheeling it in the back door while she was yelling at me. Like, you're not about to open that, are you? No. Creak! <laughs> <laughs> so during that time, though, you kind of fell under the spell of this statue. The statue had a strange draw to it, and it makes people kind of want it for themselves. I'd like to say, too, uh, props for starting a game with such low pow and uh, sanity, especially your, with your prior knowledge of how important those things are. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, dude, it's crazy. I'm, I, I am also surprised you last as long as you did. But Walter goes to the fireside after finding the number on Millie's end table. And uh, he goes to the fireside and meets Heather again and kind of tells her once more that he had nothing to do with Millie's disappearance. And Heather kind of starts to feel bad for him at that point, right? Yeah, it's kind of like, I don't know, it's like kind of like a little old man. But also I still kind of like, why are you here though? Like, I never heard of you before. You find the blood and now you're like at my work. You fucking creep. I'm sorry. Sometimes I just go back into it. And I just... But now we know he's just very aloof. You know, this yeah. socially awkward. He's just magooing his way through life. It's just like, it's kind of working out for you. I didn't like him at the start either. We never got along, oh. but then I never gave him a chance, it turns out. You know, I just misunderstood I him this whole time. I love the Lenny-Walter relationship. It's like, what, no longer people just yelling at each other out there when... You should have came over for, for a glass of whiskey spaces. earlier. <laughs> now they're like God. knocking for each other. No. Once. They're, One time. They're helping each other shovel out spots. Truck driver leaving all these chairs in the street to make sure there's room for his cab when he gets home. Gosh. <laughs> so the statue goes to auction eventually. Everyone gets invited one way or another to the auction. At the auction, there is a wealthy socialite there, Gordon Riles, who exclaims that he will be the one who wins the auction and no one else should even bother trying to bid. Money. (laughs) Also spotted there are two uh, Russian fellas with the big trench coats and the, uh, what do you call those big tall hats again? Ushanka, Ushanka. I believe. The Ushanka hats. The ones with the flaps in the sides? The fur ones? Yes. The big fur hats. They kind of stand out in the crowd because they're wearing, uh, what did you call it, the uh, communist starter set? <laughs> <laughs> but the, uh, the statue eventually gets rolled out at the auction, and then the display window in the front of the auction house shatters. After the shattering of the window, uh, a strong wind with a lot of snow started blowing in. And out of the wind and snow, I think uh, both Lenny and Heather saw a monstrous figure within the snow. Heather failed her sanity roll. Lenny passed his. But during the attack, uh, there were several people that were in the crowd for the auction that were maimed, mangled, and uh, killed. Uh, Lenny went to hide in Vanessa's office. During that time, he kind of peeked his eye out the door a little bit. 
Well, I didn't want to leave entirely. I didn't want to run away. Uh, so that's I, that's why I kind of wanted to go to the office so I can look through, you know, the door and maybe not be noticed, see what's happening, and maybe get my hands on the statue myself. Because you loved it. Yeah, at the time, I hadn't resisted it yet. I was just still thinking about it a lot, like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> But it's a good thing that you were peeking out that door because there is another dude who tried to swipe up the statue during the chaos. Not on my watch. Yeah, the character that was stealing the statue was uh, Gordon Riles' dude. Hmm. Um, didn't know that at the time, but uh, if you had, you know, like interrogated him or something, it would have come up. Uh, In no time when he's gasping for air on the ground. <laughs> but during all this, while Lenny's chasing down this dude who's trying to run away with the statue, Heather notices on this uh, monster that she's seeing, she sees a tiny, small, circular scar on the monster's head. Uh, this, of course, is the scar from the bullet wound that Millie received before she when initially turned into the monster. She was unloaded on. She was unloaded on was the exact My own uh, godmother. Phrase. Which is why I thought she was dead the whole time. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, Lenny definitely thought she was dead. Everyone else, yeah. oh, she's missing, you know? I think everyone thought she was dead. I don't know. Well, she was missing. Walter was else. hopeful for her safe return, only because yeah, there was know, no that's body. what he wanted. Heather but thought she I, was missing. I knew she got unloaded on. Like, I just, I thought her, she got dumped somewhere. Unloaded on is pretty serious. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, during this whole thing, um... Lenny did see the monster, and he failed his sanity roll, but we let him use luck points yeah. to make up the difference. I got now, lucky. apparently, apparently, that is not allowed in this game, uh-uh. and we will not do it from now on. It's not allowed. But we can't help what we've done before. I think Heather and Walter should get one. I mean, nope. it's... <laughs> you, you're probably much more sane. It's only fair. It's only fair, but I'm not going to be fair. Uh, Walter, during the attack at the auction... While Walter's trying to escape, he noticed uh, someone shout something, and it sounded like it was in Russian. And then all of a sudden, all the wind, all of the uh, noise, the monster was all gone. And he noticed that one of the Russian guys were weakened, and the other guy was trying to hold him up. But he still hightailed it out of there. See you. During the... Uh, attack the statue actually wound up getting bounced around a lot and wound up getting damaged the curator was very upset about the damaged statue after all this heather and walter both leave messages for detective thompson (laughs) the messages have only served to piss thompson off further vanessa bellagrosso the curator of the art museum contacts walter because she got his business card asks Walter to fix the statue and brings the statue to Walter's bookstore. Who knew those business cards would come in such uh, use throughout the game? Very handy. So Lenny thinks he saw a guy in a costume at the gallery art attack. What else could it have been? He remains skeptical (laughs) the whole time. Art attack. (laughs) I like that. Latex costumes and special effects. Yeah, yeah, I mean these are just obviously it's like the those movies about those effects guys that become, you know, heist masters with their special effects. 
But yeah, I mean, there's no such thing as monsters. Get out of here. Come on. Where men. So a couple days later after that whole thing, Heather gets a message that Millie is in Roxborough Memorial Hospital and in bad condition. She, of course, rushes there. She finds out that Millie was found near the Ballad Kenwood area at the edge of some woods. Of course, uh, Millie was the monster that attacked the art gallery. The shouting that you heard in Russian were the Russians casting a spell to banish the Windwalker. When the Windwalker was banished, Millie returned to her normal form and wound up crawling to the edge of the woods that she returned to. She was sweepy. Naked. Needed a little nap. Now, naked and bloody. The banishment spell, is that... It also had a, a very negative effect on, on our buddy there, didn't it? Yes. The magics come with a high price to pay. Eugene's fingers, you find out later on, have been turned black from frostbite and uh, will never recover. Sorry, dude. But he kind of saved some people's bacon. He helped us out. Doing, mm-hmm. By doing that. Yeah. It's just one hand of fingies. It's not... He's got other fingies. Um, so Heather... Visits Millie in the hospital. During the visit in the hospital, Ugh, yeah. fails. Look, <laughs> Jenny fails you're, a couple roles for Heather. I think you're going to bring it up. I mean, it's really not. Just like a minor detail. So trying to f- pass a spot hidden role, Jenny fails it, and then she <laughs> fails a pushed role and gets kicked out of the hospital for being too drunk. <laughs> <laughs> that must have felt nice. What happens? One of the high points. Are you... Drunk? Now, are you? <laughs> this is a hospital. I had like two drinks like three hours ago. That's how drunk people lie. Always. So Heather uh, decides after all of this craziness and uh, with Millie being back and everything, uh, she decides to seek some alternative advice from a psychic, uh, Miss Selena, who is the psychic on South. Although, of course, it is not on South Street. It's actually on Bainbridge. Just off. Just <laughs> off of South. But Psychic off of South doesn't have the same ring to it. Mm-mm. And, you know, she saved $1,000 a month in rent. True. <laughs> True but she goes to seek advice from Miss Selena. Uh, Miss Selena tells her that she needs to see Millie in person to get a reading off of Millie. And she tells Heather that Walter had nothing to do with Millie's disappearance. Heather, of course, believes all that because it's from a supernatural source. Yeah, Walter's told me like 25 times and like has facts to back it up. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know, dude. I'm literally doing everything I can to find (laughs) Millie. Let me go talk to this strange woman. See what her teeth in a jar say. Uh, In the meantime, Walter begins to fix the statue which has a big crack in it Uh, when he looks inside the statue he finds that it's hollow and that there is a scroll inside of it the scroll however is all in russian walter does not know how to read russian at all the one owner of the bookshop headley (laughs) offers to help walter with the translation of the uh russian scroll because he is a big fan of russian literature walter is stubborn Walter, however, refuses help. <laughs> I'm going to read it myself. 
I don't need your help. I'll learn Russian and then I'll do it. We have books here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He used a translation book instead, which uh, causes him to have to wait a couple more, I think two more days it was, yeah. to translate everything. He had some late nights too. Staying mm-hmm. up all late, reading Russian. I mean, that's like Walter's thing, though. I mean, he lives for finding stuff like that and needing to research things and find other books to find the oh, answers. Man. You wash your hands, turn the page. Wash your hands, turn the page. That kind of talk gets Millie all bothered. <laughs> <laughs> they love books. Yeah, I was going to say, he's definitely the kind of guy love that books. would like smell a new book. Love or not a new books. book, but like smell a book that's new to him. <laughs> mm, books. Give me a sniff of that book. Delicious. <laughs> so during that time, Detective Thompson uh, calls Heather, tells him basically never to call him again. He is getting angrier at the attempts to find out what's going on with the statue. Meanwhile, Heather and Lenny, uh, I think the next day, go to visit Millie in the hospital and find out that she is doing way better than she was the day before. The day before, she wasn't uh, responsive, I think. I didn't, even, I didn't believe it. But the next day, she was sitting up in bed talking. Getting hungry. Hungrier. And seemed like she was doing pretty good. <laughs> so after that, Heather gets the idea to go back to the art gallery and get the list of names from everyone who is at the auction from the art gallery. And uh, as a ruse to do this, she goes back and says that she uh, left her coat there, which she did. But it gave her an excuse to go back. Because I was dressed very, very, very fancy for the auction. I yes. feel like we left that out, how amazing Heather looked, just like super rich. Was it a long faux leopard print jacket? <laughs> Knee-length leopard jacket. And her designer imposter white diamonds. So fancy. Yes. <laughs> just need a sound file of diamonds, like, showering onto a table that's, like, glass or something. Just hear them. <laughs> ping, ping, right. ping. Every time she walks into the gallery. While they're at the art gallery, (laughs) Lenny uses a little slide of hand, a little stealth, to grab the list of names from the auction. I coughed while I ripped it out. It worked. Yes. Somehow it worked. Oh, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) The old cough. (laughs) After stealing that list of names, uh, Walter eventually finishes the translation of the scroll. The scroll speaks of Jakanovich's escape from the gulag and how he came across the token of Ithaca. The vile token. Vile token. The vile <laughs> token of Ithaca, which he then eventually hid inside of the statue. Walter doesn't know if he... I think at this point, does Walter believe everything he's reading? Not really. I mean, he hadn't seen the creature in the gallery and though some troubling things were certainly happening and he knew of the people who were attacked at the gallery and ran about that bit. I want to know, like, I want to see it from Walter's eyes, like, in my head. Like, there's just, like, snow and blood, but, like, nothing else, like, is happening. There's, like, bodies, but it's, like... He's That's like when he reached for his spectacles because he's like, his coat what, up. Is it really snowing inside? He was waiting at the coat check for someone to help him get his coat. The weather report said nothing about snow. Those meteorologists are wrong more than any profession. It's true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think at that point, 
he he really had no reason to believe in all the craziness that was going on because he hadn't really seen anything or experienced anything firsthand. So I think to him it was more about just, you know, keeping a good reputation for fixing the statue and getting it back to, you know, the apparent owner. And, uh, you know. If they're translating the scroll, though, Walter figures out that there is this token inside of the statue. Now, the token, of course, is what is the magical component of the statue and what makes people have a draw to it. And I think the realization of that being inside and actually like seeing it, I think that's what really kind of turned the page for Walter because of all the, you know, kind of clues that he'd come across and the things that he had uh, translated and just everything kind of adding up. That's when he was like, hmm could this like actually be cursed like this is kind of weird and these are a lot of things adding up that would be unusually coincidental that's when it started to get real right but you never actually pulled that magical token out of the statue correct no it was more about his reputation and completing the job and getting paid Mm -hmm. uh so after walter finds this scroll and translates it Lenny's boss, Chucky, says that he needs to have a meeting with him. During this meeting, Chucky reveals that he is the benefactor of the stale of the statue. And Chucky offers Lenny 10% of the stale of the statue for uh, being the one who recaptured it from the other guy who was trying to steal it. This is when Chucky tells Lenny that he may be an important part of the family. With the next day, Heather visits Millie again in the hospital. This time, Millie is out of bed and exercising and complaining that the food at the hospital is no good. Uh, The nurse at the hospital says that even though she complains that the food is no good, she's still eating everything that they put in front of her. Nom, 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 nom. It's just not enough. Millie's appetite seems to be increasing at this point. Uh, Walter eventually finishes restoring the statue. However, during this time, Uh, There begins to be reports of wild animal attacks around the city. It it weren't no bear. (laughs) I seen a bear. I seen a bear. It weren't no bear. I feel like Lenny doesn't even believe in, like, bats. Even though they're real, it's, like, too far-fetched for him. There's no freaking way. Sleep upside down and they fly at night? I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) So these attacks that are happening around the city are actually people from the art auction who have been injured by Millie's monstrous form. The curse gets passed to people that have been attacked and injured by the uh, monster, specifically bitten by the monster. You don't want that cursed saliva in your bloodstream. Right, and that's where these attacks actually are. There are other people starting starting to turn into monsters. Later on, Walter tries to uh, see if there's a way to prove that Millie owns the Jakanovich statue. They kind of talk about maybe if there's some paperwork or lawyers involved. And Millie brings up Schroeder and Shapiro Law Office. Uh, Now, that venue's never explored by you guys. Any reason for that? Yeah, I was a little disappointed uh, that I wasn't really able to to get to that kind of truth. Uh, there were some other things I wanted to do, but, you know, with the repeated warnings from the mob friend, 
well, maybe he doesn't know that he's a mob friend, but I mean, you know, the repeated warnings that Walter, I feel, would be smart enough to heed were enough to kind of steer him away from that course of action, though I yeah, did really I, uh, want to explore that a bit. I had warned them once before already, I think, or more so, I guess, Heather, and, oh, yeah. and I guess I would let Walter know that they just shouldn't involve themselves with the statue because um, of the people involved with it, but it went a little further, and I had to end up telling them yeah. again, and I think at that point yeah. it was kind of dropped, and then, you know, we had so many monsters on our hands. <laughs> so many monsters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> Millie keeps getting better. Eventually, she goes home uh, very early. I think it's only three days that she's in the hospital. The same day that she goes home, Walter calls her, and uh, they have a little back and forth. But at the end of it, uh, Millie says, I got to go, Walter. I got to get back to work. He, she, she has work tomorrow, <laughs> the next day. And they let her come back to work. And they just let her come back to work. So when that happened... I was just trying to think of an excuse to get off the phone with Walter, and I wound up saying, "I gotta go. I gotta go to work tomorrow. I gotta go to bed early," because it was late at night. Mm. And I was. It seems it like was a mistake. She was feeling well enough to get back to work, but I like that I, it was a mistake. No, because it made sense. I, yeah, it did make sense. I didn't think it was a mistake. I was just like, just now. "Holy shit, she is kicking!" Total mistake. And she loves books. Yeah. Like it's not. She's like, she like really I'm loves books. Some of those. I need a distraction from all this food. (laughs) (laughs) Plus, there's like a little food truck out front of the library that makes these wonderful (laughs) cheesesteaks. Yes. Nice grease cart. So the next day, after Millie's home uh, and she returns to work, on her lunch break, she goes to the bookshop to see Walter uh, to make sure that Walter's statue is the same statue that she had inherited. I felt silly, too, because I actually forgot that I had suggested she come by and take a look at it. And she's like, well, don't you want me to confirm that it's... I'm like, oh, oh, yeah. Whoops. That probably would be good. But I think at that point I was also under the impression that it would be better for Millie to stay far, far away from that. So I think I... As a player, Kind of let that take over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you do reveal the statue to Millie, and she kind of zones out on it a little bit. I can't believe you weren't dead meat when that happened. Yeah, especially when she was, like, talking about leaving with it. I was just like, uh, shit, this is about to get ugly. She was like, why don't you just give it to me right now? <laughs> you going to get shot again, Millie? <laughs> Trying to get I thought I was going to have to kill her. I really thought I was going to get sent to kill wow. Millie and then have to, like, lie to Heather about it. Wow. You know? Oh, oh man. man, that would have been good. I didn't. <laughs> but... Uh, later on that night, after the visit with Walter, uh, Heather takes Millie, begrudgingly, to Miss Selena, the psychic. And yes. uh, during the psychic reading, Miss Selena begins to have a heart attack. And Heather goes to kind of hold her up or uh, make sure she's okay. And the words she says before she passes out to Heather is that her aunt is cursed. And that they're both in grave danger. And with that, she passes out, and Heather tries to perform CPR on her. She, she was having a heart attack, right? Or allegedly? Yeah, she needed her pills. I had to go get That's her. That's right. She had a heart condition. Yeah. Her assistant was screaming something about mm-hmm. that, right? Yeah, get her pills. And you're like, oh, I got this. And you just start punching her in I the sternum. I was like, I got first aid. <laughs> out of the way. 
So you start CPR on her. Power bomb. <laughs> Crack her fucking rib. <laughs> Let's fucking go. Uh, you might have punctured a lung. <laughs> Is that not how you do that? You don't do it? Not with your elbow? No. No. no, no. No, okay. you don't macho man that shit. <laughs> your heel works better. Also, when I first saw the psychic, she told me to bring her in. Yes, she definitely it did. was... Because she was saying, was like, something is spooky. Yeah. yeah. She looked at her teeth and stuff. So, the next day, Lenny gets put on a mission for a... Kind of a standard smuggling mission to go out to Tom's mm-hmm. River, New Jersey. Almost <laughs> messed that one up, too. Uh-huh. Almost. Tom's River, New Jersey, as a St. Luke's, where he was going to drop off a bunch of uh, Virgin Mary statues that were stuffed with cocaine. Oh, I did drop them off. St. Jude's? As far as I'm concerned. Prior to you, you but prior to you dropping it off, you had to go to a way station. Yeah. At the way station, you wind up telling a cop where you're going. Mm -hmm. Cop, a cop eventually finds all of the cocaine that you have dropped off at the St. Jude and Tom's River. I was already on my way home. Oh, yeah. You figured it wasn't your problem at that point. It wasn't my problem. When he was trying to search the back, I rolled my law and got him to go away. Right. (laughs) And you did get him to go away from searching the trailer of your truck. At the time, yeah. However, he did wind up going to where you said you were going. Uh, I goofed up there, yeah. And Skinny Joey was not too happy about this. He was yelling at you up and down and saying that you shouldn't have told him where you went. Yeah, but it turns out he goofed up, huh? That's right, yeah. So it turns out that Skinny Joey... I thought I was dead. Skinny Joey did not pay off the uh, Jersey police. Which he should have. Which he should have, and that's why he wound up getting caught. So Skinny Joey's dad, Chucky, was pretty mad at him about that. Yeah, save my bacon. In the meantime, back at the bookshop, uh, Walter gets 14 volumes of an old encyclopedia that some dude drops off, just trying to make some quick cash. Supposedly, 14. Right. So, here's the thing. Walter failed his initial appraisal role, so he might not know everything that's going on with those books. However, the books that he does have, he notices that are highlighted and marked up strangely, and uh, there's little notes in the sides that talk about serpent people and the Aquarian meteor shower. So uh, that might lead to something else down the line, but uh, has no no impact on the first chapter of our story. I don't know anything about that. That's fun. (laughs) So Walter takes the statue back to the Ventucci Art Gallery. Wait, actually, you know, let me back it up one step, though. Back it up. Uh, Back that thing up. I don't know if, if it's something that I shouldn't know in character or not, but... I failed a psychology rule when I was trying to gauge the character of the person who was selling the books to me. Um, is that right. something that is discussable, or is that something that's better left? That is not discussable okay. right now. Yeah, no worries there, then. Um, yeah, I totally suspected that dude was, like, you know, either, like, uh, up to no good or, like, uh, you know, maybe looking to hold the place up or something. And later, when it right. came to leaving the place and leaving Headley and Theodore alone, I was kind of like, uh, is this dude going to come back and fuck with them when they're trying to close up or something like that? Right. So I was kind of happy to see that he wasn't, or at least that he was legitimately selling books. I picked that up as uh, the the beginnings of the seeds for the next chapter. Um, okay. 
uh, once I realized the books had nothing to do with what we were doing, but they did, they seemed a little strange to me, you know what I mean? I'm like, okay, uh -huh. I bet that's going to come into play, uh, you know, soon. Right. And I think it will still. But after uh, Walter buys those books for only a hundred bucks, he winds up uh, taking the statue that he had fixed back to the Ventucci Art Gallery. He tells Vanessa about the token inside the statue and the fact that uh, this statue was made after all of his other works. Vanessa's not happy about this because she thinks that this means that the statue or the majority of the Jakanovich works will go down in value because there may be more of them out there. But Walter, you try to convince her that that's not the case, that this is probably more valuable now than it was before. Certainly to select clientele, sure. If they didn't care about the art and really just cared about what was inside, I could see, pay see people paying top dollar for something like that. But they would be cursed. <laughs> it's like a bonus, bonus try. Don't go bleeding on your antiques, everybody. Don't do it. You will get Jumanji. Like, it's no question. Just throw anything that you get your blood on away. I suggest it to anyone that's listening. Like, you get blood on something, you cut your hand on glass, throw it away, throw it in the trash. Yeah. Burn the house down, leave, cut your own heart out, <laughs> throw it in the fire, and just don't be an idiot. So, this shit ain't real. <laughs> Heather and Lenny have this list of names from the art gallery. Heather convinces Walter to call the two Russian sounding names on the list. Because we remember they yelled something. It was, yes. it was weird. And we knew Jukanovich was, yeah. was Russian, and we thought, we surmised at the time they had something to do with the attempted theft. Um, right. You know, when those and, guys in costumes came in with their snow machines and, oh. and wind oh. machines. <laughs> and Walter just taught himself Russian, so why not just practice? He hears of the two guys, uh, Eugene and Ivan, and he meets them at the Gold Room, which I tended to say the wrong name of the golden I don't know place. 15 times something like that I love it I love it so much just <laughs> my favorite part the golden room the gold place gold yeah. space <laughs> it's just the gold room gold club gold pub gold club that was one of them the gold I think you said golden one time too like probably I think I think you said the golden club I love it but walter Meets Eugene and Ivan at the Gold Room. They tell him all about Jakanovich, how he was found by their small village. And uh, they tell him about Ithaca and the children of the Windwalker. Ithaca, of course, being the great old one, the uh, great Windwalker. And Lenny trails him at this point and just kind of notices him talking to the Russian guys. They meet up later, and Walter explains everything that he learned from the Russians to Lenny. The Russians, of course, are looking to kill people that are on the list from the art gallery, uh, trying to stop the spread of the children of the Windwalker. Because every time one of these things bites someone, it turns them into... A monster. I'm pretty sure those guys were just going through the names, killing everybody, regardless of whether or not they were uh, bitten or not. I mean... That is true. You didn't know it at the time. Yeah, and then I was like, whoa, yeah. Walter, what did you just yeah. do? Yeah, but they were just killing everyone on the list. Yeah. So 
I'm glad he left some names off. Yeah. Yeah, when they said there was only eight names left, I was like, wait a minute. Not that many people got hurt. What the hell? You didn't give it to him yet at this point in the plot. But, about to. Spoiler alert. (laughs) But back at the uh, truck depot, Lenny gets introduced to Detective Thompson by Chucky. Yeah! (laughs) Chucky tells Lenny that Detective Thompson is basically on the mob payroll. And he tells Lenny to tell Heather and Millie to back off again this time even worse. (laughs) And then I'm like, oh man, great. This is going to be fun. Yeah. How do I get them to listen? Get unloaded on by a cop this time. I, I'm like surprised now that like you're telling me that he's connected, that he hasn't tried to kill me. I, uh, well, they knew. <laughs> I knew you. He was already mad at me before. Like, I'm surprised they weren't like, Lenny, kill your friend. Well, I don't know if he's like murder cop yet. He's just a homicide cop. That's similar, I guess. Now that I think about it. Murder cop. Wait, what? He makes people disappear. <laughs> oh, like a murderer cop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, like, looks up murders. Gotcha. <laughs> Makes murder happen. So, Millie, at this point, the, the date between Heather and Walter is coming up, and uh, Millie is getting pretty nervous about the date. She, however, at this point, can't recall what happened to her at all. She says that there was two guys that she can't really describe that broke into her house, and the next thing she knows, she was in the hospital. She was very nonchalant about, like, the story. And it's like, and next thing I know, I woke up mm-hmm. naked in, the, in a ditch, you know? And now, uh, you know, I'm working again. So, you know, life goes on. <laughs> Thank God they let me come back to work. No one wants to hear me complain. Because Lenny was there at the hospital when I was, I was like, could you describe the people? She's like, I probably mm. could. And then, like, never. She was just like, meh. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I gotta get some coffee. I'll uh, be right back. Yeah, her mouth is full. She never really talked to the cops that much. Mm Mm-mm. But uh, anyway, all three of you guys kind of decide that you're done with the statue, that you don't want anything to do with it anymore, and you kind of all cheers on it at the bar at one point. Hey, I'll do a shot to that. Mm -hmm. Then uh, Lenny and Walter... Decide to leave the bar, get some cheesesteaks from uh, Pat's King Estates. During the walk there, the snow starts to kick up, just like it did at the art gallery. And they start to uh, see eyes within the snow. It's getting a creepy feeling. You get a real creepy feeling. Started jogging. You and Walter kind of kind of book it. Uh, I didn't want to look back. Back to the bar, back to uh, the fireside He tavern. still didn't know what was going on. He was like, oh, we're running now, huh? Yeah, I was going to say, big surprise. Walter didn't see the eyes or anything. Magooing and again. And he's like, come on. You want to pick up the pace? <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, uh, you really want to eat your cheesesteak? Oh, okay. Come on, let's, uh, let's get that blood pumping. It's cold out here. <laughs> uh, look, I don't know what I saw. After you guys actually leave the bar, though... The same thing happens again, almost as if you guys were being hunted by something. Mm -hmm. Uh, You hear the howl of this creature, and it appears right in front of you. There's a fight that happens after that. Walter winds up getting bit, and he can actually feel the curse flowing through him when he gets bit by this thing. Even not before unloading some rounds into this thing, he pulled out the derringer with the quickness. I said a little pew pew. Now, here's the thing. The uh, Windwalkers have six-point armor, 
which means if you did seven points of damage to it, you'd only do one point of damage. How many hit points do they have? 16. That's not too bad, but yeah, that sucks. You, you need to get some big hits. And speaking of big hits, while you guys were facing off against this thing, Ivan and Eugene whip a car around. Turns out they've been trailing Walter. Probably going to kill him. Oh, no, I didn't even think that. Yeah. I'm so stupid. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but they see him fight this thing, and uh, Ivan comes out with a sold-off shotgun. I wind up rolling a crit Save the day. for it and doing, I think it's something ridiculous, like maximum 8d6 damage, which is like 48, Yeah, I think. So winds up doing 48 hit points of damage to this thing that has 16 hit points and uh, blew a hole right through its <laughs> stomach. Now, after this monster gets the hole blown through its stomach, everyone sees it start to transform back into a person. This, I think, is the point where Lenny starts to kind of become a believer. Look, I don't know what I saw. I know... I know that was a, that was a guy. Some kind of weird man. It wasn't a costume. Imagine being the, the residents of the house that all happened in front of. You come out the next day and there's just shredded innards like splattered all over your yeah. porch and steps and sidewalk. Yeah, it's, it's filling. <laughs> a heart oh, burning. So it'll be like, like, just just wash it off with a hose. Okay. Um, like, they'd be more mad that there was snow on the ground and they have to shovel out a spot than they'd be about the guts. <laughs> <laughs> After they wind up blowing this hole through the uh, child of the Windwalker... That doesn't necessarily mean that it's dead. The Russians know that the only way to truly kill this thing is to cut out its heart and burn it. Uh, when this thing is completely killed, Walter's curse will be lifted. And uh, during the time when they uh, burn the heart, there's, a, there's that jump scare that happened when the corpse suddenly shot up and it made you roll <laughs> sanity. That was fun. Um, I didn't know uh, Walter was in so much danger there. Jeez. Right. I didn't, I didn't think about it until right now. He moved on yep. and left him with the other body. Totally. Mm-mm. Damn. He had less than a day before he turned if they, if they didn't get I didn't get think about there. it once. I was like, yeah, you have to go with them. Burn it. Right. Of course. After they cut out this guy's heart and burn it, Walter goes with them back to their uh, rented room in Bustleton. And they show Walter the Zub Starogoboka. They call it the Zub for short. And it is rumored to be a tooth from the Great Windwalker, Ithaca. And that it can point towards anything that's under the influence of the power of Ithaca. This is when Eugene shows Walter the blackened fingertips that uh, he got from using the banishment spell. And he explains the line of the curse to Walter, that if you kill the child of the Windwalker that infected you before the next moon, that the curse will be lifted from you. Hmm. Not to be confused with the next full moon. It's just the next moon that rises. So, after all this, and realizing the seriousness of the situation... Walter decides to give the Russians Millie's address, knowing that she is the source of everything. And the Russians wanted Walter to come with them to Millie's house. 
And I, I kind of hinted at that, too, originally, thinking back. I was like, you know, I may need you to, you know, trail me again. Because at that point, I wasn't 100% sure if or what the best course of action would be uh, if I were still going to the date. That was, uh, that was a little tricky there. Right. A lot of emotions running through my head. and Understandable. I guess calculations on the odds of survival and probability of being torn to pieces. Right. <laughs> he was like a wild card with that date. That was like... I thought you were going. No one knew that yeah. you weren't going yeah. until you literally made that phone call. Well, I thought I was going until you basically saved Walter's life as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I think as far as Walter's concerned, too. Yeah. You may have just uh, earned yourself a good oh, friend. Oh, I'm glad there. you didn't, but I was like, he's going to go still. He's like, because you were picking up, you yeah. were picking up pork. Like, I was like, he's still going to go. All that pork. Yeah, and he beat me to my whole food test. All I was going to do would be like, yeah, let's let's throw this in the oven, too. I mean, it's a perfectly good, bloody pork tenderloin, mm-hmm. you know. I was just going to see if she'd like zone Let's in see on how the much blood we dripping eat, down. Want to have a wing eating contest? What do you, I don't know. What do Millie would win. Um, but, Honestly. yeah. Jo- Joey Chestnut ain't got shit on Millie. <laughs> Later on, Lenny's boss, Chucky Merlino, calls and asks Lenny if he has seen Chucky's son, Skinny Joey. Skinny Joey has been missing for a few days. I can't say I wasn't. A little relieved. You know, it's like a break from that kid, but I don't know if he's going to show up again. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Never Still did. trying to figure that one out. I thought it was related, but... Um... After that business with uh, Chucky calling Lenny and uh, asking if they've seen Skinny Joey, uh, it still looks like at that point that Walter is going to go to Millie's for the date. So was that your plan at that point? I, I forget exactly when in the timeline uh, Heather had told me, but once she mentioned the star, the scar and that she was certain, what we saw at the gallery was Millie, that I was just like, oh, shit. Because being at half health and everything that went down the night before and how fortunate things were to have kept him alive, he was just like, yeah, I, I can't do that again. <laughs> Not going to go through that a second time. So, yeah... I was pretty right. sad, but at this point in the in the, in the story, uh, it looks like you were you were going to head over there, and uh, Millie actually called up Heather and asked her to come over to help change out the rug that was bloody. Oh, at that point, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. At that point in the day, I was probably still thinking that I was going to go on the you date. Still were, but uh, Heather comes over to help change out the rug. During that time period, uh, Heather actually failed another roll, <laughs> causing her to. Causing her to knock over a bookcase. Shocking. But it was actually a good thing. You wound up finding Billy's journal, which kind of documented her unhealthy obsession with Walter. (laughs) Saying things like she wanted him to run his fingers down her spine like he runs fingers down the spine of the books. (laughs) Grimy. It just grossed me out, like, even more than when I listened to it earlier. So during this time, uh, when Heather is helping out Millie, she changes out the rug and she decides that she is going to help Millie get ready for her date. She puts a little makeup on Millie, helps her pick out a dress, helps her accessorize, and then she starts to brush Millie's hair. 
This is when Heather notices on Millie's forehead that she has a small circular scar exactly the same as the monster had at the auction attack. This confirms for Heather that the monster is her Aunt Millie. Also, Millie wouldn't let me just do her hair like upstairs, like a normal. Don't go in my you know, room. Like when you normally get ready in your bedroom and your makeup. That's right. Up she there insisted that you do it downstairs, where there was also a mirror. So she was like, "Well, I gotta go in my bedroom." Yeah. Uh, but Heather then tells Walter about the head scar and Millie's journal. At which point, this is when Walter dipped out of the date after hearing about the obsession. <laughs> and uh, he calls Millie and actually cancels the date. That was a that was kind of a sad scene, actually. There. That was a little yeah. sad. Yeah, I, I I gotta be honest with you. I mean, for days leading up to that session, I was kind of thinking about that, and it was just kind of like uh, picking up my brain what I wanted to say, and just you know the the overall sadness mm-hmm. of it. Because I mean, aside from the fact that Walter was totally into her as a you know a I guess with love interest, but certainly as a friend and a, another lover of fine literature. Uh, and then also how into Walter she seemed <laughs> as he came to learn later. Um, right. You know, I think there would have been a, a genuine connection there for Walter and their love of books probably would have tied them together and helped uh, sow the seeds for a nice relationship. But Right. I know. I wanted Walter to get lucky. <laughs> That's but... the way the game is. When you canceled the date, I picture Millie writing in the same diary, but like Regina George and Mean Girls, like, Walter is the fuggliest bitch. Like, fuck Walter, <laughs> kill, kill, kill. Yeah, once we, once we kind of figured out that she may have been the, I guess, quote, first one of all the recent monsters that showed up, uh, I felt pretty bad knowing that she was on her way out and, uh, you know, she couldn't even enjoy that last date. Right, yeah. yeah. That's what makes it the worst. Couldn't even get that in. This is the point where Walter gives them Millie's address. However, which I was going to try to do. Walter has canceled the date with Millie, but Heather doesn't know that. Which turned out to be awesome. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm glad that you were like the last person to see her, because like, I was already feeling pretty shitty. And there was at least a point where you could have interjected in some yeah. way and been like, no, this isn't going down like this. So I was glad that you had like the final say-so. Yeah. I feel like Heather wouldn't be, as much as she was convinced and believes in all this stuff, it's still like yeah. her aunt. And it's like, they're super close. So like, she needed to see it to be like, yeah, okay, like this is... Sh- She's a demon, like... Which is good, too, going back to that conversation where Walter was kind of wrestling with whether or not he should give the Russians her address, and he brought it up to you, like, I need to include you in this decision, because this is above my pay grade, suddenly. She's your family. (laughs) So, Heather does wind up sneaking over to uh, her Aunt Millie's. She actually passed a disguise roll. Which is cool. So, Millie didn't recognize her at all, even though she saw her on the street. I like that she waters her plants in mid-November during, like, the coldest time of the year. (laughs) (laughs) But Heather watches Ivan go into Millie's house, kind of push her inside. Then she goes to the back window and sees a struggle between Millie and Ivan and sees Millie actually transform into the monster. And this was the final confirmation that Millie was a monster. After all this, they kind of regroup. 
Heather, Lenny, and Walter all regroup. And the investigators go to Millie's to see the scene and notice that the Russian's car is no longer there. They then drive out to the Bustleton area looking for the Russian's car, but don't find it. After all this, the investigators go home to their respective beds. And the next day, there's a news report that Mildred Thebley is dead and mutilated. The body of an unknown male was in her house. And most of the dismembered remains of Vanessa Bella Grosso were there. So what happened there? What happened there, indeed? What happened the night before Millie uh, was attacked by the Russians? When she was getting ready for the date, uh, she went all Windwalker and went to the Ventucci Art Gallery, killed Vanessa Bellagrosso, and brought her back to her house where she cut her up and started to cook her, trying to feed oh. Vanessa to Walter for their date. Mm. No! <laughs> yes. That's right. Yeah. She, so she wanted to be windwalkers together. Yeah. Forever. So she wanted to Walter to also turn into a windwalker, and that they would go together forever up into the Great White North. Uh, but that's not what happened. Read books during the day, massacre people during the night. It's good life. They would have been the cutest monsters. We don't die, so we can do it forever. I don't know if there's much reading. Eventually, you hit a point where you're where you're full windwalker all the time. Eternal monsters. Yeah. No more reading. Yeah, that but wouldn't have worked out then. Holding hands with another windwalker. Yeah, cute, Ooh, right? Little stick hands. But instead, she's dead. Mm. <laughs> she dead. Walking on wind. Oh, farts. Um, that's where we ended the first chapter. That's the end of the first chapter, guys. Um, if no. it wasn't for the Russians, we wouldn't have done it. <laughs> Russians saved the day. They saved the day. So, guys, um, <laughs> dirty work. We off of this recording did the leveling up or the investigator development phase, which would have just been a bunch of rolling into the microphone and would have been dead air. But we'll start with Chad. Chad, what did you wind up raising on your uh, skill sheet? Uh, see, some half of them were pretty fitting, I guess. Uh, his appraisal went up nine points. I was pretty happy about that, uh, given some exposure to some new things that he had never really worked with, certainly far superior to the common antiques that he normally deals with. Um, the Zub and the statue itself, that is. Uh, which actually, a little side note too, uh, also having some prior experience with Call of Cthulhu, the fact that the uh, item in question this time was like an art piece, I thought was pretty fun, as opposed to like, you know, some old talisman or like an ancient book or I don't know, whatever mm-hmm. else could be cursed and lying about. Pretty fun angle to, uh, yeah. to work into the story and led to a lot of uh, depth and cool characters. So nicely done. Oh, thanks, Nick. It fit with, uh, with Walter's interest for sure. So. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. And then I uh, got a little bit more points into photography, yeah. uh, listen, and psychology, which are all pretty useful things, uh, particularly the last two. So I'm pretty happy. Absolutely. That's great. So, uh, Chuck, how did Lenny level up? Um, extremely well. Uh, although there was some failures on some things that I, I kind of wish I did pass or, you know, I expected to, you know, increase one way or another. Um, my uh, my fighting went up, my fast talk, law, persuade, psychology, sleight of hand, spot hidden, and stealth. Wow, you got a lot of them. All the spot up. hidden on the nice. by one point. Oh, okay. <laughs> but still, 
<laughs> it's an important one. Yeah. Uh, any any points in it is good. So it's forty six. And, <laughs> and Jenny, how did Heather do when with her leveling up? Uh, I, she went up on like a lot, but a lot of just like one or two points. But this oh, gotcha. climb, mm-hmm. disguise. Actually, no, it was like nine on disguise. I think oh, uh, spot hidden. Nice psychology and medicine. <laughs> yeah. And medicine went up nice. like eight, I think. Great. So oh, very nice. Not oh, that's useful. great. But if Good you want to do it round. again, we could roll more. Like it's no, just like we are not rolling anymore. Pull. No Let's rolling this rolling. episode. Wait, are we rolling right now? <laughs> yeah, we're rolling. Everybody oh. just roll. Just roll. <laughs> Wild card. Let's roll all of them at once, too. I just wasted it. 19. Really nice. Well, guys, thanks for doing this wrap up episode. Uh, let's get back into the game next. Uh, yeah, we're going to hit it up. And uh, everybody remember, until our next game, Sandy is overrated. Hey, this is George. Just a quick reminder to like, follow, and review us if you like what you're hearing. And if you want to support us and make our show better, head on over to our Patreon. You can always email us at contact at thatcthulujohn.com with any comments. And you can follow us on Instagram at thatcthulujohn.